We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Uh, Start off, I've got something I would like people to put on their calendars, because we're going to be doing something a little bit different come April. We're actually going to do a live conversations with Dan. Live meaning? Like, we're going to invite the people who watch us to to come here, to sit in a room and watch us do this. And will that be on TV, too? Will it be taped? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. we'll, we'll tape it. Uh, it'll be live. It'll be live. So on April 20th, uh, and we, I think the time is going to be about 6 o'clock, we'll be putting out some promotional material and stuff on this, but it'll be here at the Broadway Church Christ in Paducah, Kentucky, and so if you're in the area, uh, April 20th, I believe that's Easter weekend. So, you know, if you're traveling or something, maybe you can swing by, uh, but we will sit around and do one of these. We'll have a preset uh, question that we haven't picked yet, Okay. but that'll come out. Uh, you can come listen to us discuss that, but we will also be taking some questions. So if you know you're going to be there, or if you show up ahead of time, you leave us a question. Once we finish the live taping, we'll be looking through some of those questions and try to do some quick fire answers for those that are there. So this will be like make Dan nervous night. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. No pressure for me. I never have the answers. No. Okay. <laughs> but it would be great to see a lot of you there. It's always great hearing the people that uh, stop by and they'll say that they look forward to seeing the videos. And this will be just a chance for us to interact with them a little bit more. So April Very 20th. Good. And we'll be putting more information out probably on Broadway Church of Christ's uh, Facebook page, Instagram, so you can follow us there. But now for this week's question... Here we go. I'm going to roll. All right. (laughs) Here it is. It says, are the harps in Revelation symbolic or literal? And does that pertain to the way the church functions today? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And so then they gave three specific passages for us to look at. And then you can expand on that however we we, uh, go in the conversation from there. But the first one is in Revelation Chapter 5, verse 8. Okay. Okay. Let me get there and I'll read it for everybody. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. It says, And when he had taken the scrolls, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Okay. Um. We'll come back if we can to this verse. Okay. So better to continue on to the other one? No, I think oh. I think I want to lay some groundwork for this. Okay. Um, obviously, in the in the Hebrew Bible, in the Hebrew Scriptures, there are numerous instructions for the building of the tabernacle in Exodus twenty-five through mm-hmm. thirty-five, approximately. Yeah. And there are also a number of instructions for the plans and building of the temple uh, 
mm-hmm. in the books of Kings and Chronicles. Yep. And um, in both of those cases, uh, God included the um, the altar of incense inside of the temple, mm-hmm. the altar of burnt offering outside of the temple, the table of showbread, the lampstands with the seven oil lamps on them, yeah. the Ark of the Covenant, all of those things. And all of those things, almost, are included in the symbolism of, of Revelation. Hmm. Now, um, the thing about it is that uh, biblically there was a temple, a holy place in the Old Testament with these holy things in right. it. Things and, that were set apart for yes. a purpose. And in yes. the book of Hebrews, if you'll turn over to the book of Hebrews, okay, we are told a few times in Hebrews that the earthly tabernacle or temple was a copy of things that are actually existent in heaven. For example, if you'll go to Revelation chapter, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 8, and um, verse 5, if you'll read that for Mm. us, please. Yeah. Hebrews 8 verse 5, they, and they being... The temple the priests, items, the priests, and everything. Okay, they serve a copy and shadow. Serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God, saying, "See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown to you on the mountain." All right. So, the the idea here it's Exodus twenty five forty, I think that he quotes. But uh, the idea is that the things that were made on the earth were actually copied from heavenly things. Oh. That the earthly temple and tabernacle was copied from the things that are in heaven. Mm-hmm. And then if you go Exodus over to 40. chapter 9. Okay. Of uh, verse, uh, let's see here. If you go to, let's see here. Verse 11, chapter 9, verse 11, read a little bit there. But when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of his creation, he entered once for all into the holy places. All right, so the greater and more perfect tabernacle, Mm -hmm. not made with hands. So there's Mm -hmm. the one that was made with hands down on the earth. Mm-hmm. But the greater and more perfect one in heaven was was the pattern for the one that was made down on the earth. So it's well, so it's not that he gave something for people here to do, and then he's trying to use that language as explanation later on in Revelation. It's this is the way things are there, and I'm going to try to almost bring it to your level so you can approach me. Well, let's just give me a little more time to build some groundwork, and then I'll get there. Okay. Okay. All right. So if you go over to Hebrews 9 and verse um, 23 and 24, see what we got there. Okay. It says, Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites. All right. Now, hang on. Ah. So when they dedicated the tabernacle and the temple, they had blood sacrifices Mm -hmm. and they actually put blood on these various items. Right. And so those things that they put blood on were copies of the heavenly things, it says. Okay. Keep going. 
but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. In other words, the blood of Christ had to consecrate the real tabernacle in mm. heaven itself okay. so that it could be used for the perfect sacrifice. Yeah. So and far. we have that sort of language throughout the New Testament about him being the perfect sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. I think, look okay. at verse 24 too. So verse 24, For Christ has entered not into the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. All right, so Christ has now gone into the true tabernacle, which is heaven. Mm -hmm. And the Old Testament tabernacle, the things of the Old Testament, were patterned after the things that are in heaven. Uh, Without going into a huge, long deal, one of the big examples there is the Ark of the Covenant, Mm-hmm. back there, yeah. was actually a replica, a copy, a representation of the throne of God. Mm. And the throne of God is where God dispenses mercy or forgiveness from. Yeah. And the Old Testament called it the mercy seat. Yep. Okay. And um, it had the cherubim on them, which are always surrounding the throne of God. Mm-hmm. Some of the passages... Our Exodus 25, about verse 20 and following, uh, uh, Isaiah 6, 1 through 6, where we see the, the throne of God, God on His throne. Um, Ezekiel, the first chapter, verse 25 to the end, you see God on His throne and the cherubim surrounding and all mm-hmm. that. And you also see that in the fifth chapter of the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. the fourth and fifth chapter. Right. So what what we, I think, see is is two things that that the tabernacle imagery the tabernacle things are pictured in revelation in the scenes of heaven okay as the true temple of god see yeah and in temple worship in the old testament in the book of chronicles first chronicles 25 second chronicles 29 other places <clears throat> god literally commanded in the old testament tabernacle for harps and lyres to be used by the Levitical singers and mm-hmm. for the priests to blow silver trumpets yeah. when the burnt offerings and peace offerings and everything were made. And so this same kind of imagery is in the uh, the book of Revelation. And we've kind of got the book of Hebrews in the middle where the author is trying to explain the tie-in. Like what was Jesus' Jesus's significance in... Kind of bridging the Old Testament to right. He he is the quintessential sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice. Okay, and um, the ancient Christians did not have a place, a temple, a tabernacle. Right. Um, I mean, right off the bat, they were scattered to the winds. Right. And and, uh, in John chapter two, verse eighteen, Jesus made kind of a cryptic statement. When he was up in the temple and he said, destroy this temple mm-hmm. and in three days I will build it. Right. But the Jews didn't understand. You, it took 46 years to build this thing. <laughs> You're going to build it in three days? Yeah. But the next couple of verses says this Jesus said concerning the temple of his body. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a spiritual temple. It's not a yeah. brick and mortar and it's a spiritual temple, the temple of his body. Right. And... So the Christians didn't have a brick-and-mortar temple. They did not have an altar that they actually sacrificed things on. Christ was their sacrifice. He was already done, yeah. But if you go to Hebrews 13 and verse 10, I'm thinking, 10 or 11. 
see. It says, we have an altar, which verse is that? Yeah, that's verse 10. Read it. Uh, we have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals... That's good enough. Okay. We Christians mm-hmm. have an altar. Yep. Okay, an altar is a place you offer sacrifices. Right. But we don't have a literal altar. Hmm. We have the sacrifice of Christ, see? Yeah. And just as they ate... Literally, in the Old Testament, they would eat part of the sacrifice that they brought. Mm-hmm. We figuratively eat the body of Christ as we take the Lord's Supper. Yep. It's not a literal altar where we kill something, yeah. but we're figuratively, spiritually eating of the body of Christ and drinking His blood to show that He is our sacrifice yeah. that we're offering to God. So it's so, like the elements still exist but they've changed because of Christ. They are spiritual. Yeah. And and if you go, for example, to 1 Peter 2, verse 4, okay. it's talking about the fact that Christ was the foundation stone of the of, of the temple. Mm-hmm. And it says, Come to Him, a living stone, yeah. rejected by men, but with God uh, chosen and precious. Mm-hmm. And you also, as living stones, are built up to be a spiritual house, a holy priesthood yeah. to offer up spiritual yeah. sacrifices Sacrifice. acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Yeah. So... We're part of a spiritual house. It's not a physical house. There's not a physical altar and a physical altar of incense and a physical, all Mm -hmm. these other things that they had. But we offer up spiritual sacrifices, not physical sacrifices. Okay. Okay. So So that brings us back to that Revelation 5 where we started. Yes, and and the idea is down on earth these Christians are suffering, but in the true temple of God with which those Old Testament things were patterned after, Mm -hmm. uh, God's priests, God's servants are up there, and uh, they are praising Him with incense. But He says at the end of that verse, what, at 5-9, which are five eight, which five, are yeah. the prayers of the saints. Mm-hmm. So those those physical things that he's seeing represent the prayers of the saints. Specifically, and I don't know if our our questioner uh, turned this passage in. Okay. If you go to Revelation eight, okay. Revelation eight, uh, and you start reading there about the right at the first two or three verses. Let's see. Just go ahead and start verse 2 or something. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Then I saw seven angels who were standing before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came, stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. All right. So notice that what he's really doing, which if you go back to Revelation chapter 5, which are the prayers of the saints, Mm -hmm. there's the altar of incense in heaven here. Yeah. But the incense that's going up before God is the prayers of the saints. Mm-hmm. See? So the angels are acting like the priests who put the incense on the altar of incense. Hmm. And what they're offering up to God is the prayers that are coming up from the earth. Yeah. See? They're not actually taking like a cone of incense and lighting it on fire so it smells good to God. They're taking the things that are being done on earth as and worship. Presenting and presenting them to God on the altar. So there is yeah. a... Even even though there is definitely temple imagery all the way through the, the book of Revelation, yeah. there is a spiritualization to it. And it's talking about the the things that are happening down on earth are are coming up to heaven in the form of incense. Yeah. The altar is is has the sacrifice of Christ. 
the angels are the priests. Jesus is the high priest Mm -hmm. who comes before not the Ark of the Covenant, but God's own throne, and he sprinkles his blood before God's true throne in heaven, not before the copy down on earth. This is kind of reminding me of the verse that gets tossed out, and you'll have to help me out with where it is, but the where God didn't didn't require the blood blood of the bulls and goats, but he uh-huh. wanted your heart. It's that sort of drawing you out of the physical into the there's something deeper, there's something greater that he's wanting. Yes, and and, and it's 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 not that he doesn't require blood, he requires blood, but it's Christ's blood. Right. And if you go to Hebrews thirteen fifteen, mm-hmm. this is uh, another text uh I don't last night you were asking for uh passages about songs and different people were throwing them in and I wanted to let the people talk and not to open my big mouth but (laughs) Hebrews 13 15 was one of the passages that I would have brought up Hmm. read it for us there it says through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name all right so we're going to offer up a sacrifice, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be incense. It's not going to be a bull or a goat or a lamb. It's going to be the sacrifice of praise. And here yeah. he says, the fruit of lips. So um, what I see in the book of Revelation to answer the questioner's question okay. is that a whole Bible's worth of theology is coming together. And those Imager, images of the temple in the Old Testament, those things yeah. copied after those eternal things in heaven. We're seeing those things in heaven and we're seeing the spiritual application of those things as Christians down on earth praise and pray and do those things. Yeah. At the same time, we know from the other books of the New Testament and from a thousand years of Christian history mm-hmm. that the early Christians did not use altars of incense or incense period, and they did not use instruments of music, and they did not offer sacrifices. Because why? Because they understood that the body of Christ was a spiritual temple made of living stones, the Christians. Mm. In fact, in in, um, Ephesians 2.20, he says, 2.20 or 21, uh, each individual building block fitly framed together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in which you all are builded together for a dwelling place of God through the Spirit. Yeah. So we are the temple of God. Mm-hmm. And the the altar that we have is, I guess you could say, the cross of Christ. And we, we yeah. present Jesus to God as our sacrifice. Yeah. And we eat that sacrificial meal as we eat the Lord's Supper. Hmm. We offer up our... Instead of drink offerings or incense offering, we offer up our sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips, our prayers. Right. And theologically, that's what we're doing. So then, and the the, the writer here had given uh, a couple other verses that mentioned harps and everything. Right. But they kind of rounded out that question with, so what does that mean for our current mode of worship, so to say? Well, it doesn't mean anything for, for it, for, for so, our current mode of worship. It's simply temple imagery from the Old Testament. So like, saying that it used it in the temple then, it's going to be in heaven, doesn't mean that we should be using them now? Well, no, it does not mean that we're going to be using them now. Okay. Because God has not commanded us to use them. Now, and the apostles and Jesus did not command us to use them in the New Testament. Hmm. 
uh, it also shows that in, in many cases in heaven, these things are symbolic of but something it, else. But it yeah. is temple imagery. Okay. And, and let me say that if you go back to um, Old Testament worship, okay. go back to Second Chronicles 29, for example. Uh, there it was clearly commanded by God that at certain times, namely when the burnt offering was offered, that the priests, specifically the priests, not the Levites, were to blow silver trumpets over mm. the burnt offering. Not their choice of instrument, but silver, silver trumpets. trumpets. Yeah. Okay. All right. And if Second you Chronicles go, what? 29, starting in verse 25. Okay. Read there just a little ways. And he stationed the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, harps, and lyres, according to the commandment of David and of Gad, the king's seer, and of Nathan the prophet, for the commandment was from the Lord through his prophets. The Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets. And then Hezekiah commanded that the burnt offering be offered on the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also. And the trumpets accompanied by the instruments of David, king of Israel. And the whole assembly worshipped, and the singers sang, and the trumpeters shouted, and all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. When the offering was finished, the king and all those who presented with him, uh, who were present with him, bowed themselves and worshipped. And Hezekiah the king and the officials commanded the Levites to sing praises to the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. And they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed down and worshipped. All right, now if you picture the scene here, they are out in the courtyard of the temple. Mm. There's a great big stone altar there. Mm-hmm. There are, are animals that's throats are being slit and blood is being collected in bowls. Those animals are being gutted and butchered and they're being taken up on that altar and they're being burned yeah. on and that altar. The numbers are a little bit later and there's a lot of them. Yeah, and <laughs> the blood's being poured out all over and streaming down the sides of the altar. We're not in church here, folks. We're in, we're yeah. in the, outside the tabernacle, no pews. A particular group of people, the Levites, chosen by God, are doing Mm -hmm. the singing and playing. The priests are playing exactly the instruments they're supposed to at exactly the time that God designated. None of that stuff, that literal stuff, none of that was done in the early church. Those were things that were spiritualized in the teaching of Jesus and the apostles. Mm. And those images are carried over from the Old Testament into the book of Revelation, into the true tabernacle in heaven. Hmm. So uh, many of those things are symbolic, but even if we get to heaven and they're real, they're not the way that God has commanded us down here on earth to worship him. Hmm. And it sounds like there's a lot... Like we could spend a lot more time dissecting bits and pieces of it, especially of Revelation. In book, yeah. of Revelation, yeah. especially in that book of Hebrews. Well, Hebrews is a good foundation yeah. for it, though, where it's really pulling, trying to pull together the Old Testament image or the Old Testament reality and the uh, imagery of Revelation. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. So it sounds like there's a whole lot to this. There is a whole lot to it, and and. I want to do justice to the questioner's question, Hmm. but I don't want to give some little perfunctory answer that doesn't consider the (laughs) theological stream that's really happening. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to a conversation we were having earlier that there's so much when you're looking at the Bible that there may not be a particular verse you can pull out, but if you've studied the book as a whole, you'll kind of get that answer coming out to you. 
uh, and it is hard to do that in a short video. It is. <laughs> it is. So hopefully this at least gives you a good foundation to build on. Maybe this spurred on some deeper questions for someone. Uh, and we'd love to go through those with you. By the way, before you end, okay, there's, a, there's considerable discussion of this in the ancient writings after the New Testament. Like historical writings. Yeah, for example, yeah. Clement of Alexandria. Uh, he has, uh, in his book called Stromates, He's, he's got considerable discussion about this, and he, he spiritualizes all of those things of the Old Testament for New mm. Testament worship. Um, um, the guy in, in Constantinople, um, the preach, uh, preacher, okay, um, I got it on the tip of my tongue. The Golden Mouth, Chrysostom, John Chrysostom. Uh, I, was, I was about to come up with that. Yeah, I'm sure you were. <laughs> but uh, John Chrysostom, in, in his uh, commentaries on the Colossians and on other things, uh, he talks about um, how bizarre it would be to use literal instruments of music in Christian worship because it was a spiritual worship, mm. and it was for pagans to use instrumental music. And, so, uh, so, I mean, that's something that a lot of times when people hear us talking about these things, they'll go, well, that's just a way of rationalizing a long-standing tradition or that's some way that you've, you know, after years of thinking about it, you've put together this intricate argument. This is something that's been around since almost the beginning of Christianity. Oh, it has been around since the beginning of Christianity. Right. And what you see in the New Testament books uh, carries over into the church fathers as far as the the a cappella singing. In fact, a cappella yes. means as in the church. The yeah. Yeah. And so when later writers referred to the way it was done in the early church, it mm -hmm. was a, a cappella. cappella without instruments. Yep. So <laughs> that's that's one I do know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it may be tough to hear and it definitely isn't the way that a lot of people like to think about these things. Right. But it mm. He's got one more. Another one. He's and, got one more. We're gonna we're gonna close this off. <laughs> the the lampstand in the in the tabernacle. Okay. In the Old Testament, even in prophetic, uh, what we would call apocalyptic literature like Revelation, mm -hmm. in uh, Zechariah four, it was a symbol of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah. And in the book of Revelation, instead of talking about the Holy Spirit. It talks about the seven lamps of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And, <laughs> and it, it is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. See? But this lampstand appears in heaven. And um, if in, in Ephesians chapter 2, excuse me, Revelation chapter 2, which is okay. to the church at Ephesus. Yeah. In about verse 4 and 5, he tells them if they don't repent, Christ will come and remove their lampstand. Yep. What that means is he's going to remove his Holy Spirit from that church if they don't repent. So he's See? not just taking the furniture. No, it's not furniture. <laughs> That's what it's I'm trying a, to get across. Yeah, it's a lot, it's there's a lot symbolism deeper. to this. It's not real yeah. reality in all these things. It's yeah. symbolism. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah. Because, yeah, you read that and even to me as someone who reads a lot, yeah, I think, oh, well, of course it's... Of course, it's figurative language. Well, know. look at look at but, verse uh, uh, four here in the in the first chapter. Mm -hmm. It tells you who the letter of Revelation is from. It's from the one who is and was and is to come. Yep. And from the seven spirits that are before His throne. Mm -hmm. And 
from Jesus Christ. All right, so you've got the one who is and was and is to come, the mm-hmm. Father. Yeah. And then the seven spirits, the lamp spirit, yeah. And then from Jesus Christ. There's your Trinitarian statement right there. Amazing. <laughs> it's all there. Yeah, and so, yeah. so it, you know, the questioner asked this sincere question, but to answer it is to explore the nature of the book of Revelation and what it really is about, and and to give a five-minute answer to that question yeah. is not very responsible. That's why I was trying to give sure. you a little bit more. I think we're closer to like a 20-minute answer. I'm sorry. That's all right. Okay. I've, I have fun going through it because, just to be honest, Hebrews and Revelation, those are like the two that I still read and kind of go, okay. And read get, those last, not first. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> So thanks for going through this. And like I say, maybe it spawns some other Follow-up questions. questions. Sure. And we'd love to go through those. And like I say, I enjoy these. So hopefully there's some other people that are getting something out of this. So Sometimes Jed tells me what I can sing and not sing on Sunday morning. But so is it going to cut us off again? The camera actually just like cut Dan off. Yeah, because it didn't like what I was saying. I didn't do that on purpose. He's mean. <laughs> we'll Thanks see y'all for next watching. time. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.